Thanks for joining me on the Will of Crime podcast, mini spin number four. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. Tell me what you think. Send emails to Wheel O Crime podcast at gmail.com. All right, so let's jump right into this week's true crime recaps, and then we'll do a little bit of serial killer poetry and writings. A senior at the University of Florida was released from jail last week after being charged with sexually assaulting another student because the judge deemed him a high-achieving student. Ian Milaski, I think that's how you pronounce it, Milaski, a 21-year-old who was living in the dorms on campus, was arrested on the 29th of August after a female student called the police on campus and reported that Milaski had forcibly kissed her, pinned her to his bed, and attempted to put his fingers inside of her a few days earlier. Mulaski was taken to jail and charged with battery and false imprisonment. His bond was set at $125,000. A judge released him on his own recognizance after agreeing with the defense that Mulaski was a, quote, high-achieving student. The defense motion, in an attempt to reduce bail, stated that Mulaski was, quote, stated to graduate in May of, two, I'm sorry, May of 2020 with a double major and, quote, personally performed more than 210 hours of community service in the last two years. The motion also said that he needed to help his parents prepare for Hurricane Dorian and tend to his double major as a senior about to graduate, according to the University of Florida student newspaper called The Alligator. The female, a sophomore, told police that Mulaski had called her while drunk and said he needed water on the night of August 25th. She said she walked him back to his room, but he, had, he kept trying to make unwanted advances. After several refusals, he grabbed her wrist and said, I want to sleep with you. When she tried to leave his room, he grabbed her off the floor and pinned her to his bed where he, he tried to finger her, quote, finger quotes, finger her, through her panties. She eventually escaped his room and returned to her own room. Now, this is, I, before I'm sitting here going, well, you know, she ended up in his room. She could have just took him to the dorm lobby and said, hey, help this dude get up there and left. So I don't know all the circumstances, but this is where it kind of centers it. Uh, so later in the evening, he awoke to find Mulaski trying to lay. She awoke to find Mulaski trying to lay next to her. It's not reported how he got in, but another roommate woke up and yelled at him to leave. So she leaves. He comes back and tries to again do it. Uh, The bail motion says that the incident was simply a, quote, misunderstanding among plutonic friends fueled by alcohol. Now, there's no report stating that the girl had had any alcohol, but she's saying that he did, and he's not denying it. The judge did order that Mulaski have no contact with the girl and banned him from returning to Sarasota and Alachua County. I think it's Alachua. Alachua? Alachua counties where the university is located save for court appointments and events related to schools such as classes he must wear a gps monitor at all times okay so here here's the thing i'm sorry i don't care if the man had saved like 20 puppies and walked elderly women across the street every day all day he tried to force himself on a girl not once but twice and that proves intent 
and he should be he should be held accountable, not given a slap on the wrist because he's a high achievers. I mean, history has shown that high achievers rape too. A 17-year-old girl was arrested in Florida. And have you noticed a lot of these cases are in Florida? Mm -hmm. Uh, she was arrested this week for stealing money from her parents in order to pay a hitman to murder her parents, police said on September 10th. Allegedly, she stole her parents' debit card and withdrew $1,400, according to the arrest affidavit. Witnesses told police that she had given a friend, quote, a lot of money to find a hitman to kill her parents. The boyfriend of the girl told the police that he had seen her at a, quote, known drug house on Monday where she shared the plan with him. So she went to a, quote, known drug house and then told people what she was going to do. That's, that's so smart. Police found the girl at home and told them that she'd spent $100 on cocaine, then gave a friend $400 to hire someone to murder her parents. $400 just to hire someone. Okay, so when the plan didn't work out, she gave the nine hundred, uh, the other nine hundred dollars to someone else to do the wicked deed. Uh, her parents weren't harmed, but decided to press charges. And I say, good for them. These kids need to be held accountable for the bullshit they pull. Lake County Sheriff's Office spokesman said the juvenile suspect was placed in custody and transported to the Lake County Jail, where she was processed and turned over to the Department of Ju Juvenile Justice. Yay. Let's hope she learns her lesson. That's bullshit. Okay, so the next one, we're going to talk about uh, a little, we're going to talk about a, a cold case that they believe is finally solved. Okay, so in 1972, 11-year-old Terry Lynn Hollis went for a bike ride on Thanksgiving Day, but she never returned home. Her body was found the next day on rocks adjacent to the Pacific Ocean in Ventura County. I believe this is in California. Uh, she had been sexually assaulted and strangled to death. Days turned into months, months to, months to years, and years to decades without an arrest. The rape kit was submitted to the L.A. County Sheriff's Department's crime lab, and, a D and the DNA was entered into CODIS, but no hits were found. They eventually, they even used the evidence to do uh, two familial searches on DNA, uh, but still no searches were found. So here in the past year or two, we have been solving more cold cases because of a, gen because of a tool called genetic geology. This investigative tool has been called a game changer in law enforcement as a way to crack cold cases. So genetic genealogy, genetic genealogy was the tool that led to the arrest of the Golden State Killer, a.k.a. Easteria Rapist, a.k.a. Original Night Stalker, and has identified over 70 suspects through this technology. In 2018, the DNA of, a, of the suspect in Terry Lynn's death was uploaded to the GED match where they found uh, matches to possible relatives of the unidentified person. Uh, they have investigated and found that a man named Jake Edward Brown was responsible for the death of this little girl, but he had died in 2003 of medical complications. His body was exhumed and the DNA was compared, but they were unsuccessful in obtaining useful DNA. After sending the DNA to a lab in Florida, they successfully... The words are hard today. After sending the DNA to a lab in Florida, they successfully extracted DNA and matched it to the DNA found on Hollis's body. Terry's parents have since died, but her brother found it absolutely remarkable to have this closure for his baby sister. Now they're trying to determine if Brown had been uh, involved in other unsolved crimes.
yay for genetic genealogy. I think it's a great deal. I think it's a great idea. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the controversy over like JetMatch, um, but I think if more people are willing to put their DNA out there, more crimes could be solved and that would bring a lot of closure and a lot of peace to a lot of families. This next one is just really vile to me. Um, and it, and it kind of tugs at my heartstrings a little bit because I have a child that's so close in age to this one. So a 13-year-old boy escaped from his home in Bucharest, Ohio on August 24, 2019 after being severely malnourished and abused by his adoptive parents. Authorities say that the boy was fed a strict vegan diet of fruits and nuts and weighed only 65 pounds, resembling a concentration camp survivor. The child's adoptive parents, John and Katrina Miller of Crestline, um, pled not guilty to kidnapping, felonious assault, and child endangerment charges. Not guilty. Remember that. And the teen managed to get to the home of a relative. The relative called the police who arrested the Millers that evening. The boy was homeschooled and had tried to escape previously, though the bedroom windows to his room were screwed shut. Police are still unsure how the teen managed to escape, but, the but his parents weren't aware of his absence for hours. The boy is being treated at a children's hospital in Columbus for failure to thrive, severe malnutrition, and refeeding syndrome. And this is a syndrome that occurs when nutrition is introduced to a person who has been starved or severely malnourished because it can have severe side effects if you just introduce that. Uh, the average boy, weight for a boy that age and height is around 100 pounds. His diet had consisted of almonds, bananas, and a handful of grapes. Police say that the parents were, quote, naturalists. The parents had gone so far as to install cameras in the kitchen in an effort to force the boy to stop taking food from the refrigerator. Like they were, they were chaining up their refrigerator so that this kid couldn't eat. They were intentionally starving this child. They also made the boy layer up his clothes when going to church to hide his skinny frame. Police also found a three-year-old girl in the home who was underweight but didn't need to be hospitalized. The girl and the parents did not follow the same strict diet forced upon the boy. Uh, who police say had been diagnosed with an undisclosed form of cancer as a very young child. Despite the, and, and they say that this is why he was fed such a strict diet, no sugar, none of that kind of stuff, because they didn't want the cancer to come back, supposedly. Uh, despite the cancer diagnosis, though, the parents did not keep follow-up visits or regular checkups. And I don't know about any of you guys, but if you've had relatives that had cancer or anybody who has had cancer they need follow-up appointments this isn't something that they can put off for the right it, it you are no longer um out of i guess not no longer out of danger it's that's not really what i mean but you have to keep a better track on your health once you've had cancer because the probability of it coming back doctors say are greater than if not um so yeah that that was particularly disturbing to me to see that but i'm glad he got out kudos and I hope that he ends up better for it. And now it's time for Serial Killer Poetry. Today's poem is called Excitement's Crave. All those mortals surviving birth upon facing maturity take inventory of their worth to prevailing society. Choosing values becomes a task. One self must seek satisfaction. The selected route will unmask character when plans take action, accepting some work to perform at fixed pay, but promise for more is a recognized social norm, as is decorum seeking lore. 
Achieving while others lifting should be cause for deserving fame. Leisure tempts excitement seeking. What's right and expected becomes tame. Jesse James has been seen by all, and son of Sam has an author. Others now feel temptation's call. Sacramento should make an offer. To make a movie of my life that will pay for my planned exile. Just now I'd like to add the wife of a mafia lord to my file. Your East Area Rapist and Deserving Pest see you in the press or on TV. This is a poem by the East Area Rapist, a.k.a. Original Night Stalker, a.k.a. Golden State Killer. This next poem does not have a title, but let's read it anyway, because it's weird. Some of those patients might have lasted a few more hours or a few more days, but they were all going to die. I know you think I play God, and I did. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change the things that I can, and the wisdom to hide the bodies of those people I had to kill because they pissed me off. This letter was written by Donald Harvey, a man who killed 37 of his patients in hospitals in Ohio and Kentucky in the 80s. His killing spree began by accident after hooking up a patient to an empty oxygen tank, and then he just couldn't stop. He claims this letter was a joke that he had written behind bars. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us on Mini Spin number four. Join us next week when we discuss Kids Who Kill. It's going to be an awesome episode. Stay tuned. Listen in. Sports show. And don't be a dick. <laughs> Will you come? 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 Will you come?